Like a lot of you, I've been watching the situation in Ukraine with a mix of horror, frustration, and helplessness. But there's also a lot to be inspired by. The strength of the Western alliance, the almost global unity against Putin, and most of all, the fierce resilience of the Ukrainians and the leadership of President Zelensky. Uh, Zelensky is showing the world what happens when people are called upon to be their best selves. And I've been wondering a lot, actually, how different things might have been if the United States had had a leader who could have done the same thing for us when we were threatened by a deadly virus. I, I think President Biden really wants to be the kind of leader Zelensky is proving himself to be. Uh, his State of the Union message made that clear. He wants unity for this country. But we need to remember that the reason the United States is still suffering from COVID, from economic uncertainty, from political crisis and civil division, and the reason the world is facing its greatest military threat in a century is in large part because of the very people Biden is trying to bring to his side. Since the Republican convention in 2016, the Republican Party has enabled Russia directly and indirectly and undermined Ukraine time after time after time. Donald Trump, the de facto leader of their party, who calls Putin a genius, was impeached because he was willing to withhold desperately needed military aid from Ukraine if they didn't help him steal the 2020 election, just as Russia had helped him steal the 2016 election. And let's face it, right now the issue isn't what Donald did. It's what Republicans have let him get away with for years now. They could have voted to remove him from office because he was guilty. We all know he was guilty. They could have done it twice. And they chose to stick with the man who has taken Putin's side against his own intelligence agencies, against his own people. They could now be supporting President Biden and help him unify our country against a common enemy. But they care about nothing except raw power. Putin invaded Ukraine because Biden is so weak, the Republicans tell us. The only reason he didn't invade, invade when Donald was in the Oval Office is because Donald's so strong, which is so absurd as to be delusional. Putin didn't have to invade Ukraine because Donald was helping him accomplish everything he wanted, an America torn apart by chaos and cruelty, a weakened Western alliance, and a destroyed NATO. The Republicans who are now claiming that Putin is our enemy are the same people who continue to prop up and follow Donald. Putin's greatest enabler, the guy they'll all vote for again if he is allowed to run in 2024. While Republicans pretend to hate Putin and his tactics, they're perfectly comfortable banning books, outlawing the teaching of American history, turning women into second-class citizens, making it almost impossible for the votes of Black Americans to count, criminalizing transgender people, and endangering the lives of LGBTQ children. If the Republicans want to stop attacking democracy, if they want to stop taking away the rights of everybody but straight white men, then fine. They can meet us where we stand. Otherwise, they are as much our enemy as Vladimir fucking Putin.
Welcome, everybody, to the very first live Mary Trump show. It is so exciting to be here, and it is even more exciting for me to have as my guest some of my favorite people on the planet, E. Jean Carroll, Marissa Rothkoff, Jen Taub. Guys, thank you so much. You are not just um, people whose opinions I, I trust uh, implicitly. Uh, you are also my friends or uh, in Joyce Vance parlance, um, my best friends from COVID. <laughs> it is fantastic uh, to have you here on the inaugural live version of the show. Well, what a great rant. That rant killed me. I'm like burning up with excitement. That was brilliant. That Thank you, Eugene. Brilliant. <laughs> but let's talk about something else. Okay. I love it. I love it. Nobody rants like you, Mary. I swear to God that you're the best ratter ever. Thank you. Well, you know, there's a lot to uh, yep. be ranting about these days. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there are, there's so much going on. It really is hard to start. But... Let's. I want to focus first of all on what is happening um, with the Western approach to Ukraine, the kind of fractured American political response because of the Republicans and their hypocrisy, and two major issues in particular uh, about that. One, um, profiteering by the oil and gas industry. And the other inflation, which preceded the, the, the conflict in Ukraine, but is continuing yeah. to be misrepresented by the media and, of course, by Republicans. So, uh, Jen, I'd like to start with you um, about let's focus first on on the profiteering issue, because it it explains so much about why people are going to be suffering more than they need to and about how things are getting misrepresented to undermine President Biden. Yeah, Mary, I mean, I, I, I am, first of all, let me just cheerlead like E.G. that was a great rant. <clears throat> you know, E.G. is not the only former cheerleader from the Midwest among your among your friend circle here. I don't know about Marissa, whether you were a cheerleader, but um, that know, was great. I was in the band. Um, but uh -oh. but I, I, I'm not cheering. I am not cheering about inflation. Um, and I'm especially not happy about um, mis the way that uh, folks with a particular agenda are trying to mislead the public about the causes of price inflation. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's infuriating. And there are some folks who are trying to expose it. Um, and that includes a, a group that I helped co-found, Tax March. They just put out a really great tweet today um, that links to a lengthy report just about how profiteering, shock, shocked, profiteering is going on. And people are using um, inflation as a kind of camouflage, right? Mm -hmm. So we had some supply chain issues resulting from COVID, uh, supply, issues, supply chain issues resulting from companies trying to be so lean that they didn't have excess inventory, so long history of that. Supply chain issues that result from people moving, people, corporations moving stuff, uh, moving factories and businesses offshore to avoid taxation. So all of these things kind of create this perfect storm 
Um, mm-hmm. And then we also, sorry, have supply chain issues because a lot of people are staying home, right. aren't going to stores, and are trying to order a lot of things they wouldn't have normally ordered because they can't do other things. All these things happen. And then we saw Republicans blaming Biden for the supply chain issues. And then some corporations are blaming the fact that they're price gouging on the supply chain issues. They say, you know, it's a supply demand thing and we can't, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't break even because we have all of our input costs are so high, which is utter BS. And so getting back to that tweet, I'm sorry, I'm on a rant. This isn't, you know, Uh but back to that tweet, you know, Look at every single key category <laughs> in the consumer price index, whether it's food, energy, commodities, healthcare, or shelter. And yes, we see that them gone up, but why they're going up primarily is because corporations aren't just breaking even or making a reasonable profit. They are making huge profits. Yep. So they are paying out dividends to shareholders and they're increasing their, their profits in, in, in huge Numbers. I mean, I can't even. Um, the, the number is that um, in those categories I gave you, those top categories on consumer staples, corporations have increased increased their profits by 151 billion. What? Right? It, yes. Can't increase the government do? I mean, price gouging is illegal theoretically. C- cannot the government do anything about it? Um, well, I mean, the re- the reason I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that. This is I'm calling it price gouging in mm-hmm. this way of in a general way mm-hmm. in and of itself. I, what they're doing isn't unlawful, but it stems from oligopoly and and sort of oligopolistic pricing power because there aren't there isn't enough competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's part of it. And I think some of the shaming is going to help. Right. I mean, right. I, the uh, the, pre, the, uh, the director of the Groundwork Collaborative, um, Lindsay Owens, was had this tweet that went viral about this kind of profiteering. And then she was on, I think, the Rachel Maddow show. And then she was just recently on the John Stewart show. People are starting to pay attention. In fact, you know, she's hitting a nerve because people right. like Larry Summers are pushing back and saying it's not that it's not that. And, you know, <laughs> I know about and I trust and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, no, we don't have enough competition here. It's bad. Let me just say one last thing. I'm so fed up. I'm wearing my shirt that says literally can't. (laughs) And by the way, I didn't buy this in a store. I bought it. I love thrift shopping. And I saw this and my younger kids said, don't buy that shirt, mom. And so I bought it. Of course. I mean, that's permission right there. I need that shirt. Because I literally wait, wait, can't. but it's kind of negative, Mary. So I, I'm just gonna take it off. I'm my, uh, <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> great this Rochelle. is my true self, and uh, I actually didn't buy this shirt either. I think someone gave it to my older kid who was embarrassed, he didn't want it. So <laughs> I it's love mine. it. Uh, can, I no, ask, can I ask a question? <laughs> is this true or false? Is America export 50% of our oil production? Is that a true fact? Export. We export. We export a lot. I don't know if it's 50%. 50%. We do export a lot. We export a lot, right? Is it? Yeah. And and we almost very little. Explain to me why gas prices are going up if we're exporting our oil. That's my big problem today. I don't understand it. I mean, I think what Jen was getting at is because the oil and gas industry is basically doing whatever they want. They're they're reducing output um, to keep uh, prices artificially high. Um, because the other issue too, and, and this does complicate things, we import extremely little uh, Russian, I think maybe 3%. Right. Uh, yeah. The problem though comes in when 
um, you know, uh, European countries are much more dependent and, yeah. and their economies could potentially not be able to handle right. the massive increases in prices that would occur. Um, and, you know, in general, um, gas prices in the U.S. are much lower. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's been Did a it? really uh, long time. Um, well, actually, I was in Amsterdam recently, but I, I didn't see a gas station because I wasn't there for very long. <laughs> but the last time I was in Europe, which was quite a while ago, I mean, gas prices are like three or four times higher uh, per gallon. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, and and actually, um, so in, in some ways, we don't have a lot to complain about. But, you know, well, easy to say data, when I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was supposed Look, to give you the data on the prices and. You know, yeah, just let me finish this so, thought really oh, yeah, quickly sorry, because so we can segue yeah, yeah. into that. Um, you know, it's really easy to say that though when you live at home, um, mm. when an extra fifty cents a gallon isn't going to mm. do much other than annoy you. Mm, um, yeah. But we have poor and working class people who need to, to drive, drive to, to their jobs exactly. Sometimes at a distance. So, um, in addition to what else you were going to tell us, Jen, explain like. What can we do if we cannot force the oil and gas companies to do the right thing? Because why would they ever do the? And when have they ever done the right thing? What can we do to help alleviate uh, the economic consequences for people who are really going to be hurting if gas gas prices keep going up? So some of the, I mean, some of the proposals are out there is to drop the federal tax on gasoline, right, right? Right. at least temporarily. But the problem right. with that is that's just going to benefit the folks who are price gouging. I mean, if the numbers, the numbers here with gasoline, gasoline prices um, in 2021 increased almost 50%. And this was the, the three biggest U.S. oil companies, ExxonMobil, really? Chevron, and Marathon. They raised prices um, and their profits jumped up 87, more than $87 billion. What? And they gave out either dividends or buybacks to shareholders around $4.5 billion last year. And, you know, of course, the prices did go up last year. People weren't, wow. the irony, if you talk about supply demand, there wasn't a lot as much demand for gasoline. Mary. People weren't driving as much. But yeah, there's this idea, uh, Mary, since you asked, of, of um, you know, either temporarily, um, or maybe for a longer period of time, getting rid of the ga- that gas tax. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it may, as, as a, a law professor, Alice Abreu from Temple said, it may be bad policy, but it's good politics. And the bottom line is yeah. inflation will kill a presidency. Yeah. And right. on the one hand, we may say, you know, the reason why, you know, in theory, if you're a progressive and you want to save the planet, the theory is it's, it's you know, quote, good if prices are high in theory, because then people won't buy gas guzzling trucks on a macro level, that's true. But ordinary people who have, you know, taped together the engine of their car to keep it going, who are making minimum wage, you know, they can't, that's not their project. Plus all the auto companies are trying to be, you know, hundred percent electric. They bought that timeframe, right? They, they, that's where they're headed anyway. So I have a, you know, my opinion is do what, Biden should do Sorry. what he can do. Kitten. Oh my God. I can't. She's been ignoring a cat all day long. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I don't think it's a bad idea politically to get the prices down. People are suffering. And, 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 
Sorry, Jen, you froze. You're right at the interesting part. I know. Well, yes. okay. So hopefully we'll get Jenny back unfrozen. I, um, I will oh, say I'm um, back. Well, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. you're back. Okay, good. Right. Yeah, but Carter's presidency, um, yeah. with inflation going up, we had then the Fed was raising interest rates. Everyone got kind of the whole thing it made borrowing costs high and it kind of sunk Carter's presidency. You know, Biden needs to get a yep. handle on inflation. Um, and that might be shaming these companies. And there's a lot of stuff he need, he's got to do because ordinary people cannot afford double the food prices, the sure. gas prices no. going up. It just can't happen. But again, I, I mean, how much control? And this is a, a part of the problem. The, the media do a horrible job of explaining things to people. Presidents can't control inflation. It's a worldwide phenomenon. It's hitting the United States harder for reasons that I are probably above my pay grade, but it's, it's happening everywhere because of some of the things you mentioned, supply chain issues, et cetera. Um, and, and rising prices, um, because of the increased demand since COVID is well, allegedly over. Um, but oh. presidents don't control gas prices either. So there's pressure. I mean, you can put pressure. I mean, there's gotta be pressure, whatever legal and political pressure can be put on some of these qu- near monopolies because, yeah, I agree with you. The story has to be told correctly. And I think Biden started to do that at the State of the Union, right? He, he talked about antitrust. Capitalism without competition is exploitation. Right. That's right. I'm quoting him. Yeah. And he's got to get that message through. And I think he's trying. Marissa, you wanted to uh, jump in. I have about a couple things that I want to say. And one is also, you know, Biden isn't in, um, you know, can't be can't control inflation that way or can't control the gas companies that way. But you know who are in charge of the gas companies or who are in bed with the gas companies? No. The Republicans, right? And and their honorary other, member, Joe Manchin. <laughs> right. Oh, Democrat, right. air quote, air <laughs> quote, right. Democrat, Joe Manchin. Uh, so uh, they... Um, you know, your rant started off kind of um, seemed to be bad mouthing some of the Republicans, and um, mm. I'm I'm sort of on with that because I think yeah. they have a lot to do with it, and they could be they could be helping America, and I wish that message um, were getting out to the populace. That is, you know, it's one of the things I talked about with Allison Gill last week on, on my podcast. Um, it's how to create this message. Um, that is clear, which is to your point, you know, how do you create a message that's clear that inflation is not the, is, is not something that is just happening to us. It's happening globally. Joe Biden isn't impacting the world with his, you know, inflationary cabal, you know, um, and that's, I think our greatest challenge for progressives or Democrats or whatever you call yourself is to be able to create a message that delivers things clearly that you say, um, inflation is caused by this, this, and this, and make sure that the message is clear on the news. And unfortunately, it's not the simple message. And you know how much we like simple messages. But I think in some cases, that's not necessarily true. Um, inflation's on the rise. Uh, <laughs> gas prices are on the rise. Democrats have a plan to help you. Every single Republican voted against it. Oh, that's yeah, pretty simple. Yeah, and Eugene, I wanted to ask you because you, you know we've been talking, um, starting to allude to the state of the union and Biden's unity message. Um, we're in a situation right now where, um, although Republicans are on board hypocritically, you could say, uh, based on their 
pro-Putin behavior over the last few years. Uh, they're on board with the sanctions. They're on board with um, the oil embargo, et cetera. But they are going to blame Biden for the increase in gas prices, even though they're essentially voting to make that happen and then go not going to vote to help alleviate the stress on the American worker. So what do you think of Biden's approach here? Is is a unity message um, with this Republican Party the way to go right now? Uh, you know what I feel like? I feel like I'm in the Miss America pageant. We're all lined up here, the finalists, and we just got, I just got my question. And that question, <laughs> that question is hard. I'm for world peace, okay? I just want to say that right now. Yeah. Now, I, I, yeah, but also... <laughs> Eugene would definitely, definitely win the fitness in a swimsuit competition as well. I, I don't know. And the ball down. Here's the thing. I'm here to learn. I really don't have, I'm, I listen to your podcast every week, Mary. I listen to yours, Marissa. And I, what I do is why I listen to them is because, oh, oh I have opinions. But what I'm here for is to learn. <laughs> I learned from you. You have all like Jen just telling us about the taxation of gas. Didn't I didn't know that? So please don't ask me for my opinion about the message. Uh, you know my message. I think Mary should run for president on the Republican ticket. <laughs> that is my message. And um, I you know I go to, I go to the brains here about you know. Well, um, you know Eugene, don't be so modest. Weren't you just telling us a few minutes ago about how Sherrod Brown? Senator from Ohio and uh, Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island was thinking of passing a law called the windfall profit tax on excess oil mm -hmm. profits and pay those profits back as a rebate to customers. Woo. Earlier when you, I mean, Eugene, don't be so shy. I mean, I think that's a great idea. Hey, what'd you do to your hand? Oh, because I got a, a goddamn pellet stove. Those yeah. pellets weigh 40 pounds. And so I've strained my wrist lifting the pellet bag. Oh, okay. But anyway, Eugene, that, what do you think of that idea of saying, if there's so much profit, let's give it as a rebate back to consumers? I love it. That, that I love. And I love that you're so up on it. You got the Sherrod Brown thing. I love it. That's, but Eugene, I love him. You know, I, I mean, first of all, I, I, I think it's, um, you're really uh, underestimating yourself when, when you say that you don't know enough to have an opinion. I think a lot of people seek you out. Yeah, obviously, because you're the best advice columnist out well, there. Yeah, but boyfriend because when you ask EG, my boyfriend cheated on me, that I can answer. No, no, but you you incorporate other things that are going on in the world. You incorporate well, our, you. you know, the political, the issues about the political crisis we're facing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So, so I, I actually, I, I do think it's important. I want to know what you think about the, because I don't think any of us needs to be an expert. We're human beings. We're Democrats. We've been paying attention. Do right. you think at this stage of the game, it is, it makes sense or is uh, strategically sound to try to um, become united with the, the same party that seems still to uh, have no agenda other than undermining the Biden administration uh, in particular and Democrats in general. No, I, you're right, Mary. I think, we, I think we recognize we do not unite. We fight them. That's it. Yeah. We fight them. Oh, I like that. 
Yeah. Don't unite. Don't unite. Fight. Fight. Right. And, and I think one, um, a much better way to accomplish that um, than having me run as a Republican oh, would be to have Liz like Cheney that. run as an independent. Oh, that's what needs to happen. That's rich. In my that's view. Good. Oh, that's an interesting concept. Um, I like that. And I, we can, what if we looked at the Republicans as being really bad boyfriends? Huh. You know what <laughs> I mean? Enough. Like, right, yeah. like I, they're the oil I company. That, that, exactly. If I'm their constituent, they're cheating on me for their love affair with the oil companies. Okay. That's oh all I'm just, God. I'll just leave that there for you. You know, the problem is, and I, I think that that's been a, a dynamic that a lot of people identified very early on uh, when, after the 2016 election, um, equating Donald with an abusive uh, spouse oh, or an abusive yeah. father, what have you. And, um, he you know, I'm not. I'm not a, a, about to suggest that he's irrelevant because he's still very dangerous. Thanks, thanks to the Republican Party, but I think the Republican Party is taking over that role. The problem, however, seems to be that their base doesn't seem to recognize it as abuse. Uh, the base doesn't seem to recognize that not only that. Um, the Republicans don't have any policies <laughs> to speak of, but the very few they do have hurt them, uh, you know, hurt most of the people in that base. The only thing that um, I don't, I want to say advantages them, but that makes them feel better is the fact that they've been given permission to hate anybody they don't like, well, Yeah, you know, to be as cruel as they want to be. Um, and I, it is a little bit, uh, frustrating to realize how well that's playing and how far it's gotten them. I, do, I mean, yeah. Jen, doesn't that just sort of blow your mind that this is a party of no substance, of no plans? I mean, literally their only plan is uh, to cheat as much as possible so they can, you know, win um, even if they lose all the time. Yeah, I mean, this is not the con a conservative party any longer. Right. No. Right. <clears throat> and there are some, even though I'm a lifelong Democrat, there are some, I hold a, a number of conservative, what I would consider conservative values. Conservation in the environment is something, if we remember um, under the Nixon administration, the other conservative values. Teddy I Roosevelt. Care about. I, yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Exactly. And I care about um, institutions, caring about building and maintaining institutions is a conservative value, right? So we have, and, and, you know, I care about the family. I just define the family more broadly than maybe old school conservatives do. But I look at what they're embracing and it's not a message. It's a cult of personality and it's an, it's an anti-intellectual, um, anti-logic mm -hmm. It's completely, it's a very kind of stereotypical toxic masculinity, strongman kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it's, it, you know, it just takes us back in a really, um, it's, it's, a, it's brutishness. And, and it's not, you know, uh, Donald is not, an ex, is not um, 
you know, is it, not a figure, a conservative figure in any way. Right. Somebody who had se- several marriages. I'm fine with people having several marriages. I'm not saying that, but he's not had several marriages. He also, while one of his wives was pregnant and had a child, apparently had, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a sexual affair with a adult film star. You know, I think consensual relations among adults is fine. I personally think it's really, though, offensive that that wasn't the agreement they had in their relationship. I sound more conservative than him. So if you look at other things, he doesn't care about the environment. I mean, I could go through all the lists of Mm -hmm. things, and that doesn't seem to be at all. The new party of the new Republican Party is Matt Gates, is um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, is, uh, you know, um, Cawthorn, people who... We are saying, putting the sign up saying, I can be bought. Yeah. Politics is all transactional. Give me power so I can take what I want. That's what they, that party has become. Ooh, it's and it's awful. actually disgusting and sad. Yeah. Can yeah. You, what is their health care plan? What is their education? Get plan? rid of uh, the ACA. That's their health care plan. What take, is it, Mary? Yeah. It's to get rid of the Affordable Care Act and take health insurance away from millions of people. That's their plan. That's literally their plan. They have nothing to replace it. It, it drives me. What, what is the Republican education plan? I get rid of the Department of Education. It's amazing. Yeah. It? Do you remember the Democratic debates? They spent eight debates discussing Medicare. Remember with Biden? The Democrats, they had everything figured out. I mean, every kind of plan, education, Medicare, you know, old, young, everything. And I'm just stuck. There's no plan. Okay, got right. it. Right. And, and Do you remember the Republican convention when I'm writing in something uh, into their uh, about Ukraine? Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, no, what? What yeah, they took. They took. Uh, what happened? That was going on. That forever. was in 2016. In 2020, they just said, "Yeah, whatever we said last time is our thing now." They didn't even make a platform. Yeah, they changed the platform in 2016, which ha- I, I forgive me, I don't remember the details, but it, it had been I essentially think- pro-Ukrainian platform to um, keep uh, pressure on Putin um, and sort of disempower him in that arena. And and at Donald's request, that protection of Ukraine was taken out. No, uh, yeah. yeah, of the See, Republican this is why platform. I listen to your podcast, never knew. <laughs> So, so, you know, this has been going on for a very long time, and that was just the first salvo in a very long war. Um, But, you know, so much was just said, but I want to focus for a second, Marissa, on the idea of conservatism, because it seems to me this is another instance in which uh, the failure to define language properly is misleading and gives cynical people the opportunity to take advantage. In other words, um, conservatism has come to has come to be synonymous with republicanism. And mm-hmm. maybe yeah. I, I mean I don't, quite honestly I don't really ever think that that was true because as as Jen said, um, if you think about it, there you know one could be a conservative dresser, one could be conservative in terms of not wanting us to kill the planet and everything living on it, you know? Um, So it is that failure that I think, because conservatism is, I think, generally speaking, considered positive. So Mm -hmm. how do we, since the the Republican Republican Party is entirely divorced 
from that concept. And yet that term is still still used. Yeah. How how do we fight? And it, again, it's not just conservatism. It's it's their uh I actually said said this to Ellie Mistel the other day. It's like they co-opt our language and use it against us, like by yeah. taking over our body, our choice. We yeah. we use oh. our own language to uh attack each other by using yeah. the term woke improperly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. So what how do we combat that? I don't, you know, I was the example I was going to uh, like lead off with was about our bodies, our choice, and how they completely and utterly co opted that in mm -hmm. like in a sort of mind blowing way. Um, all of this, what did you they know, say, I, what, how did they take that? I don't, I don't, what, what did they say well, about they, masks? They, 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 about masks and vaccinations. Vaccines. Oh. Right. So we're like, you know, we think our body's our choice and we know what we're talking about. But they said, well, yeah, well, let's we're going to talk to you about our bodies, our choice. And what we really mean is we get to choose whether or not we vaccinate ourselves or not or wear a mask in public. Okay. So right. it, it, there's so many kind of gross debasements of our language that has occurred. Right. Yeah. And the one I was thinking about this morning in my very. I feel pardon, like, you know, I don't mean to belittle myself, but in my very simple-minded way, because I think that's the best approach I have ah, to... Wait, no, <laughs> no, I mean, wait, no. This is the second, I, second time someone has done something self-deprecating on this podcast. Yeah, I, I just so you guys uh, watching understand, um, this group, um, which also includes Katie Fang and Joyce Vance, who unfortunately... Couldn't join us, um, but maybe might, hopefully, uh, later on. Um, we have this, something we call the self-deprecation alert. Uh, and it's a siren. <laughs> and it's in a siren emoji in case anybody ever says something like, you know, my opinion doesn't mean anything because I don't know anything or I'm simple-minded. So, rare. <laughs> I, don't, I need I need somebody to bully that for me. We need a siren sound. Anyway, so without saying that part, Marissa, please continue. Uh, um, um, uh, the and thank uh, you, Jen. For <laughs> thanks, Jen. Uh, my simple approach to things. How about that? Is that better? Oh, my simple yes. approach and simple and elegant approach. Simple and elegant, yeah. Like my little black dress, I'm not without. Is I uh, was looking at a clips of Laura Ingram this morning and her being on Fox News and talk about a debasement of the language, right? Yeah. The fact that news can be associated with the Fox network is really remarkable. Right. And you know, I, te I teach journalism uh, in my spare time. And one of the things I make my students do is they have to follow the news. And we will, you know, um, and so we have to talk about the news. And for college students, it's not always the easiest thing. If you're not like, you know, a political science student or whatever, no matter how much I want them to be following the news, it's not something mm -hmm. that comes with their use of extra time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I make them follow the news. And it's very hard for me not to say all the time, no, I'm sorry, that that information that you gave me from Fox News or whatever you've repeated to me from Fox News, that can't be your primary source of news because it isn't news. Ah. And I could get in, I could get into trouble for that. Right. Oh. I say because some well, it seems biased. What if I'm not promoting all forms like because it's considered a competitive news 
newscast or news agency to Mammoth NBC or C or NBC yeah. or CNN. I, I think that the last time you guys were on, we had a conversation about that in terms of, um, you know, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingraham, who in my view are not journalists. And even if they were, we're not journalists uh, in their capacity as Donald's campaign advisor or, you know, telling him that maybe inciting an armed insurrection wasn't a good idea, that it would be a slippery slope to subpoena them because of their First Amendment rights as journalists. And again, it, it always feels like we play by the rules and lose. Yep. And that's right. They don't give a shit about the rules because by the way, they blew them up and they win. So, you know, it's 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 that dynamic uh Democrats we can't get rid of the filibuster. Um we we have to respect democratic institutions and I'm like that's really cool, but it's going to end up without our having a democracy anymore. Right. And, you know, the the thing I reacted to this morning was um, from last night, which was Laura Ingram saying it's the liberal agenda that's causing um, people to want to teach about, you know, genderism. There's another new ism that we can talk about Uh, in in schools. It's a part of the liberal agenda. And that was the Chiron across the screen. So you could have, you know, seen it where whatever bar you were in watching Fox News or wherever you were watching it. That was the the message that they delivered, and they're really really good at it. They are really good at it. And Eugene, I think that that is um, where Democrats are fighting with both hands tied behind their back because um, the gaslighting is so unrelenting and so shameless that it's it's almost impossible to counter it. One, I think, because it makes our heads explode. You know, um, what what demoralizes and weakens us makes them happy. <laughs> uh, I said, there, there's the Mary, I, uh, Mary, we can combat it. We can combat it. The Democrats have this, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? They're doing this and they mm-hmm. did that and we're doing that. Democrats just got to cut that shit out and just okay. do a positive, start doing the positive messages. We have electrifying people. Every day, you know, every Hollywood star is a Democrat. Recording stars are Democrat. People with all the charisma in the world are right. Democrats. But we it's 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 them. the Jewish cabal in Hollywood. It's the Jewish, you know, the taking Jewish over, cabal. right? Then they, they can charisma. I'm telling you, I just want you to yeah. know, people listening, that Mary, Mary, when she said that, she was saying that ironically, yeah. not oh, endorsing yeah. the anti-Semitism. I, exactly. Oh my God, please. <laughs> Guys, what I know, I'm saying, I, know, I, know. I just want to make this very, very clear. God, but that, that you know, we got to turn this, the, the way of seeing that uh, the Republicans are going to are gonna take down democracy, it's not going to happen if we stay, I agree with you. stay positive and start doing a positive. Uh, I'm not being negative. What I'm suggesting, first of all, is that the Democratic Party doesn't quite seem to understand the threat yet. And in response, you're saying we have we have people, we have the most charismatic Ooh. people, we have Hollywood stars. What I was saying is that the Republican response to that would be the cynical, anti-Semitic, fear-mongering, yeah. 
uh, it's George Soros. It's the Jews controlling no, everything because they're scumbags. You know, you put Tom Hanks on for 15 seconds. You know, it's uh, it just, uh, you know, Taylor Swift. Just name your people. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, we have Senator Schumer goes out. And it's like, <laughs> so that's who goes, that's his representative. Yeah. And, he, you know, Pelosi is dynamite. But she is not Taylor Swift. Let's just use our power. It's like we're Napoleon. We, you know, he knew everything about artillery. Napoleon knew everything. He knew how to, you know, what size ball, where to do this. And um, that's what we got. We got the best artillery. We got all the charismatic people. We just got, Mary, you should have a show on every day live for an hour, every single day, not once a week, every single day. You have charisma. Okay. You uh, actually have Chris. You know, so that, that, but you know what? Pe- people like Mitch McConnell. Oh, as as I know you're deeply in love with him, all of you ladies. He does not have an unsel, no. uh, which is a Jewish cabal world uh, word. He doesn't have any <laughs> charisma, and yet somehow he, le- you know, leads in messaging. Our messaging he's, just- he's shameless. He doesn't care about being hypocritical. No, he no. can attack our vulnerabilities. Without yeah. any shame or compunction, and I think that does make him effective to the people who are because it, it's also we have different audiences, right? People right. who are, are listening to Mitch McConnell that are not us. Um, but they're so. Eugene, you've been in the media for a long time. You're you're an expert communicator. So so why aren't we? If we know what to do, why isn't it being done? If there's an effective solution to this, why isn't it happening? I'm afraid that Democrats are uh, Savannah Guthrie should have looked at Bill Barr during that interview and said, bullshit. Or not interviewed him. We've got, we've got to start just saying they're lying. It doesn't take a lot of courage to say you're lying, but it seems, it seems to me we, we lack a little oomph. I don't know. We're so uh, well mannered, and it's not the time for manners. It's time for fight, and that's uh, right. You know, the four of us are fighting. This is what we do. This yeah. is what we do. Yeah, you know? no, we're well right. ma- we're well mannered, and we lecture people because right. we want to show that we have this intellectual approach to things, where we look at things from both sides and look how we weighed it and we balanced it, and this is our outcome. Yeah, nobody wants to hear all that. But Marissa, that's true. What what is the? I'd listen if Jen just stood there and took off T-shirts. I'd start. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's nothing else that. left. Wait, wait you're talking about right, well, let's not the taxes. What? What? what she let's not push. Swearing is fine, <laughs> but let's not. It's the first no live show, so let's you know. What was it? Live? Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you could ask Jen, please. <laughs> so it was the dance of the two veils. <laughs> Um, It is it is a possibility for future Democratic ads, though. Just one T-shirt after it is actually. I thought it was great. The great reveal. So Marissa Marissa and Jen and whoever wants to jump in. um, What what do we do, though, when people seem more moved by more convinced by cruel, um, concise, maybe stupid, maybe cynical 
message it, build the wall, um, my body, my choice. I alone can fix it. Um, He's brilliant at messaging. You're awesome. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think the at. piece, I think the thing that, that people said, oh, I like him because he says it like it is. Well, right you know, although he lies all the time, what they're trying to say is that there was a kind of unrehearsed, right? That's it. Um, a kind of, he was speaking his own truth, which is he doesn't have, you know, whatever he thinks at the moment, is it, you know, he's like a, a, a mental chameleon, but I do believe people will be drawn to uh, Oh no. You froze her, again. Her dog's, her dog's eating the wife. <laughs> that was a very unnerving growl. So Marissa, until until we get Jen back, um what what is what is the alternative? Like how do we push back when our message isn't is not first of all, hopefully not cynical and cruel and and thir- and not necessarily easy to put across because it's it it does require nuance what do what do we do about that i don't know if you well i actually jumped over to marissa for a second because you froze so let let marissa finish and then we'll get back to you jen no yeah sorry jen you go ahead because you were in the mid you were mid-sentence i mean we need to you know i think the fact that Zelensky is so popular even though he's an actor well not anymore goes to that he was that he, he knows how to deal with yep. communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. He knows how to yep. present a message and be consistent. But he also has right. the right message. Right. He also is a person. It's not just a message. People hear what he's saying because he's genuine. And you know what? It only works because he was yep. in the street. Mm-hmm. In other words, if Democrats want to say that we believe in shared prosperity and we believe in all these things we believe in. We believe in public education. You know, it's not going to work if we're riding no, around no. in our limos and wearing yeah. fancy clothes right. and our kids are all going to private schools. Where are the Democratic politicians like the Sherrod Browns of the world? You know, he was right. a teacher before he was a politician. It's too fucking expensive to run That's for office. Problem. I have a lot of people telling me you should run. Da, da, da. I can never run for office you because could, I don't then, uh, have Alexander Ocasio-Cortez ran on well, I'm in a district with an excellent, excellent person, Jim McGovern, yeah. so I would never run. But the, but the point is, there are people who care, who are going to be up on the issues, who won't be bought or sold by anyone. But it's in the Democratic Party, money still talks, not all of us. And so you can, you know, it's a very high price for people to get elected. And so you don't always have people who are in, you know, who are. Empathic, I right. think. Running, I mean, I, I agree with you, but then that's a double standard because no Republican gives a shit. The difference is, like, I would rather have rich, entitled, out of touch people who really do care about helping the working class and poor people, yes, even if they may not true. really understand it, than yeah, a bunch of right, you know entitled, right. rich, uh, selfish, cynical. People. Right. I mean, Ted right. Kennedy. I like, right. Right, I rather have Ted Kenny, you know, you know, John Maynard Keynes yep. was a rich guy supporting Virginia Woolf and his friends mm-hmm. at Bloomsburg, Bloomsbury, but he changed the world. Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. I take back everything no, you I don't said. have to. I'm just saying that it's not that it's, <laughs> you're not wrong, but that um, puts us at a disadvantage because we're holding ourselves as always to much higher standards. Look, we right. got the it's like the we virgin whore thing. Like, you know, we have AOC thing. shows us the way. She shows us the way. She was a bartender. 
mm-hmm. a bartender. I just got through reading the New York Magazine uh, story about her beginning. She was nowhere. A little committee mm-hmm. chose her because her brother nominated her and said, listen, this. And you know what? They plucked her and they groomed her. And they uh, educated her, and they put, and then they put, and she came out, and she, when she first said something about the green, all green plan, you know what? She got nine likes, <laughs> nine <laughs> likes on her Twitter. Nine. That's how far she's come because she's super serious, <laughs> understands how to present a message, understand. Listen, she's the future. If we can get Mary, that's why I want you to be on the air every day. Because uh, AOC is out there every day, I, you know, Marissa, you should probably go three times. And Jen's got her book on taxation called, I wanted to call it Rat Fuckers, but she refused. <laughs> so, I mean, all doing we'll get to stuff. that in a minute. Um, so, <laughs> no, we got the people. We just got to put it. We just, as Mary says, we just have to. <clears throat> we have to line them up, and we have to, you know, put them out on the battlefield and stop being nice, and just go into the fight. That's yeah, because Marissa, there's a difference between being decent and being a doormat. You know, you, you can yeah. if 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 you why was that directed at me? Um, yeah, because <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> it, oh wow, okay. Um, you know what? Let's just move on, shall we? Okay, um, can I ask a question of of the group? <laughs> of course, if, you, if I'm allowed to. Um, Anyway, uh, oh my, my question. Where's my siren? <laughs> oh my god! Go for- um, Marissa, <laughs> yeah, she was being ironic. That was like acting like. A oh yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, you, I mean, never mind. Oh here. Oh god, I'm Jen Spiney. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, my, what 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 I my question is about messaging is there are so many people in this country who have given up on the news who have given up even caring and if and they are an untapped source for the democratic party how do we get to them how do we find them embrace them and show them the the way i'm not going to turn it into a religious expression but how do they we turn it (laughs) get get them on our side how do we (laughs) right how do we create a message that makes people want to be involved? That doesn't make people think, God, I hate the fighting. God, yeah. I hate yeah, uh, whatever. Which is, I think if you go out and if you actually talk to somebody in a diner someplace in the United States that wasn't the Middle West, you would find lots and lots of people like, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Yeah, but if you talk to them, yeah. you can actually talk to them. That's that's the that's way right. to reach them. You go person to person. You go to the cafes. You actually go door to door. You know, like they did down in Florida. Uh, that's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our mayor spent what one a billion dollars? How much did he? A hundred million on Florida uh, in the presidential race. Remember when Bloomberg was running, and he put a hundred million into Florida. He lost it because we didn't go door to door in Florida because of COVID. Right. The Republicans said, "Screw COVID, we're going door to door," and they went door to door and had these conversations. And they killed all their, you know, they killed a yeah. million of their. Yeah. Oh, good point. Well, not only their people. No. But- I mean, oh, half, good you know, point. Not a million. You know, but I, listen. In principle, I agree with you. Not during a global pandemic that's killing what six million people now, but 
you, yes, that is what you do. You, you meet people where they are yeah. and you, um, find out what's important to them. Yeah. And, you right. know, Democrats usually do have a really good ground game, but yeah. they also ha are have a sense of decency and don't yeah. want to go door to door if it will endanger people's lives, uh, which, as it turns out, was a disadvantage. Um, mm. But part of the problem, too, is, yeah, people are sick of it, but um, we can't ignore... And I'm not suggesting that you're suggesting this, Marissa, but, you know, we do, we do have to keep fighting certain fights because I'll just focus on, on Texas and Florida, which Ugh. seem to be trying to out dystopia each other Ooh, because the things that are going on in those two states are, they're not just terrifying and horrific and um, they're not just it's not simply that they're going to endanger people's lives. They're also test cases. So, you know, we, we need to hold that up because they, they use their cruelty like um, a badge of honor. Yeah. They wield mm -hmm. it like a badge of honor. And um, there seem to be far too many but this is all bad faith yes. rhetoric, right? Like we sit, we're like the na 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 na. You know, you're being hypocritical, and then it's like, you know, that's what we do every time, and we just fall for their that we take the bait every single time. In other words, they're they do they're it's all bad mm -hmm. faith rhetoric. They're you know fuck yeah. your feelings stuff, but then we're like yeah, but when your feelings get hurt, <laughs> it's like it was never. Nothing they say right. is in good faith. No, they will right. make any argument but who's saying to manipulate. That it is? And right, it's but who's all saying it faith. isn't? In so, in other faith. words, who's what? No, You're no, saying no. it isn't? You're saying it's all in bad faith. And my question to you is, yeah, it is. Who's saying? Who on our side is saying that it's not? Oh no, but I, no, no, no. On our side, though, we each time we say, "Well, that's hypocritical," and then we do this or this. I think. In other words, if we say, well, you had the shirt that said, fuck your feelings, and now your feelings are hurt. And we just yeah. seem like each time we do it, we, um, we're, we're on their turf yet again. And in a way, I think we just need to not even get into the, into the I don't know how to do it because I do it all the time. I think more we need to do it, get, you know, when they say things like any of this, say, you know, oh, here we go again. And then just move on into our positive message. Because I think we get into the we just ignore them. But I'm not sure how not to do it. We ignore you know, it. Myself. That's a good. That's good. We ignore it. We put Mary on the air every day, and okay. she ignores it and does her own part. But um, it's kind of like when people say, you, "They say, did you hear what so and so said?" And you said, "You know what? So and so says a lot right. of things all the time, and a bunch of nonsense." I'm here yes. to talk about our plan. Yes. Yeah, our shared. Right. Absolutely. I, we we just, but I'm not we talking just about too the rhetoric. Much I'm not, but I'm not talking. Oh, That's okay. sorry, Mary. You're no, not talking I'm not about the because um, I mean the problem with the rhetoric is that it. Forget about the fact that it drives us crazy. I agree with you. We need to ignore it because it's uh -huh. it's 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 as you say, it's in bad faith, and it's cynical and it's false. So it's you're right. It should not be given any oxygen or energy. It shouldn't affect us at all. And we should, you know, it just reminds me of the Republican de debates when, when Donald was calling people names, somebody should have just walked over to him and punched him in the face. Yes. Instead of trying to play yes. his game on his playing field. So yes. you're absolutely right. I'm talking about 
the policy, the cruelty of the policies, uh-huh. like that's, we can't yes. ignore that. No. Um, and yet right. it, it, it creates yet another, what some people would call a culture war, but I'm sorry, I don't think it's a culture thing when, mm-hmm. you know, you're endangering the lives of gay and trans kids, you know, well, that's, that's yeah. uh, real. And that needs to be dealt with very directly, but, you know, it makes, I'm sure, like Marissa said, there are probably many people who just see that as, ah, oh, you know, there they go again. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't seem to have. The- no, I hear what you're saying. I, I absolutely agree. agree with you. I mean, there's there, there it's a uh, cruel, it's um, it completely, it's oppressive, it's unconstitutional, and divisive. To and it's it again, it's the it's it's, it's this, dangerous. Um, Dangerous and it's it, and it's mean and I think that's exactly right. It's not too right. And we shouldn't keep. We shouldn't say, "Oh, there they go again." We should say, "This party is right. dangerous, right. trying there to hurt go. families, there trying to go. hurt children." There you right. go. That's, that's right. a very strong message. They are dangerous yeah. and they are trying to hurt children. Why? Simple. To and the that's point. actually yeah, yeah. That's really clarifying because I just realized um, it's you know if we if we counter if we talk about it as policy then it's something that we disagree about and that's not what's happening here this that's isn't right. policy this is this is this is genocide <laughs> you know this is a way yeah. to take away the rights of people what is it is it missouri some one of those missouri, horrible states they're, idaho, they're idaho. life in prison if idaho you, for crossing state lines to get an abortion that's no. missouri for seeking no, for, out uh, seeking out gender affirming care, life in prison. Oh my! Medical advice and medical it, yeah. seeking out medical advice in Idaho can get you life in prison. Medical advice, right? And if you cross state lines, the I don't even know how it's legal, but if you cross state lines to ask for care, you can be also imprisoned. That's right. Back in Idaho. And we can't for a second pretend that this Supreme Court wouldn't be okay with both of those things. Because, you know, again, these are trial balloons. These are test cases. And the point of them is to get in front of this Supreme Court, Um, Mm -hmm. which leads me to something I hadn't actually planned to talk about, but it's so incredibly important. Why the fuck aren't there at least four more Supreme Court justices seated now? What We need a commission to tell us that this needs to happen yesterday? Yeah. We need um, we need to have more than fifty votes yeah. in the Senate. The, so this it's yes, because you're allowed to. I mean, there's no there's no as you all know, Article Three of the Constitution doesn't specify how many right. justices. We all know that you know right. Congress gets to do that. Oh, I, okay. So Congress is the one that has to. Uh, I, we could do and, it, and so it, let's Mary. start with the Senate. Let's start with the Senate being an unfair body. And well, we, and again, that well, that, that is the problem that that the the context we're operating in that I think a lot of people don't understand. It's not simply well, simply as if it's simple. It's not only that historically the United States has never been a real democracy for obvious reasons because not everybody who's eligible to vote has ever been allowed to vote. So. And the Senate wasn't but always that's, directly right. elected. The Senate wasn't that's always right. elected, but the Senate, it in and of itself, is an anti-democratic institution. So, exactly. um, I mean, so le- leaving aside the um, 
appalling structural deficiencies of um, the uh, constitution that gave every state two senators regardless of population because once as a as a first um, a brilliant first amendment attorney of mine once said the founders were a bunch of idiots um you know uh so so it's not really representative but it just simply in terms of how it votes it's not and and mm-hmm. I, you know what do you guys think of this because this has always been driving me crazy besides the fact that you know the media are, are very fond of saying the democrats couldn't get it done well you know what 96% of Democrats in the Senate who have the majority in the Senate want to get it done. They want to get it done. So it's so weird to me that the, the majority party, that 96% of the majority party still can't get anything done. So we have to use, so here's the thing about power. You leverage right. the power you have. And so the, the majority of the population, the majority of voters and even the majority of the, the vast majority of the population wants the kinds of policies we want. And so the, pe- the people need to figure out how to leverage our power to get that done. And, you know, it's not just throwing money at it. We saw how much money was thrown into Canada to try to ditch Mitch right. and it didn't work. You know, and so, you know, we really have to figure yeah. that out. And I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how you get Joe Manchin well, to change his mind. Some stuff that we yeah, can withhold. Well, I, I've been saying for a long time, you know, clearly Joe Manchin is getting paid a lot of money by special right. interests. I think that the DNC needs to shoot the lock off its wallet and say, you know oh, what, Joe? <laughs> Here's $5 billion. Because listen, he's, getting, he's getting paid. Wait, Mary, why don't we start a pack? Why don't we start a We love you, Joe Manchin. I, but seriously, it's like you're getting paid to do the wrong thing. <laughs> We'll yeah, pay you more to do the right thing. And it, it reminds me, of, I don't, I wish I could remember who came up with this idea. It was so brilliant that senators should have to wear patches like NASCAR drivers yeah, do. Absolutely. I love say, that. You know, love they it. get their money from Exxon or Pfizer I mean, or whatever. Yep. Love it. And Supreme Court justices too. I mean, oh, on the yes. off chance that yeah. some of them, well, I mean, some of them. one or two, maybe. Oh. <laughs> Oh. And, and you know, Jen, you could have like we could have a series of T-shirts too. <laughs> I love you, Joe. Right, and we could sell them oh. for a lot of money oh. and give it right to him. I'm telling you, we're laughing, but that is a good idea. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm dead serious. He's good. getting paid well, to do the wrong thing. I Let's like pay it. him to do the right. I, I, I don't think no, it would work right. with cinema because I just think she's insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, the sticks aren't working. Yelling at him isn't working. How about the charm and money defense? Oh my God. Should we waste our money? Let me ask this question though. Should we waste our money on Joe Manchin or should yes. we spend it wisely on? No. Other people's yeah, money. money. Other people's if money. we get four more people on the Supreme money. Court, if we get the <laughs> filibuster, it'll be worth it. But Marissa, like what choice do we have? Because we have no, there's nothing else. There, I mean, we, we have, I mean, <sighs> For, to, for all intents and purposes, we have 48 Democrats yeah. and two, I don't really even know how to describe them. So <laughs> that, that those are the only two we have to work with unless okay, and until. This is good. Because listen, th- th- this is the thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to know what you guys think, because this is this is something that's been sort of driving me crazy, uh, especially given how incredible. It's it's impossible to overstate how important this midterm election is. Um, 
the fact that the media treat the Biden administration like it's a normal administration that ah. followed another normal administration. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right? It 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 sets us up for failure because it um because oh. people who don't have the um luxury, if you want to call it a luxury of having to pay attention to this shit all the time, they don't <laughs> understand what's going on. Right, Marissa? Like you know that's right. People don't have the breadth of knowledge to be able to compare, to say, oh, well, maybe inflation wasn't directly caused by something that Joe Biden did and be able to look back. Maybe what's happening in the Ukraine right now is not something that was started all the way back in 2016. You know, we, we, we are very it's very quick to blame Joe Biden and his administration on everything bad that's happening when actually they're doing tremendous work and it's the kind of work that doesn't necessarily get us attention it got attention when we dropped out of the paris accord with that chap you're related to and mm. we dropped out of the world health organization oh. but mm -hmm. there's been so much going on behind the scenes there's been so much going on behind the scenes with the biden administration right. building up our right, relationships right, building yes. up rejoining the world health organization talking to you know being a member of nato not like turning our back on nato so absolutely I, but and that's that's partially what i'm getting at um but if you if you talk about all of that stuff in the context of how bad things were how badly damaged we were when biden came into office how mm -hmm not simply how weakened we were by the fact that hundreds of thousands of Americans were allowed to die on purpose, that our economy yeah. was tanked because of the willful malfeasance yeah. of the previous administration, and that Joe Biden didn't come in, um, you know, just taking over the reins to, to keep having America mm -hmm. be a democracy. He came in um, on the heels of an armed insurrection against right. our capital right. by the party against in power. democracy. Exactly. So we're fighting fascism and authoritarianism. This isn't just like, oh yeah, you know, there was a lot to do and he's doing it and it's happening quietly. It's it's such a failure, Jen, right? I mean, there's so much that that needs context in order to understand. Right? That's a good rant. We Thank you. Use that on tomorrow's show. I mean I mean, absolutely. And I think what's com complex about this is that democracy is an ideal. Rule of law is an ideal. And, it, you know, we've we've moved back a lot of steps and we need to keep moving it forward. And if any, the, 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 the thing that knits it all together is we have nations, you know, we have we have global powers who say we're going to be authoritarian. We don't believe in democracy like China. In mm -hmm. Russia. And they point to us and they say, you're a bunch of hypocrites yeah. because look what's going yeah. on in your country. Again, it's not this, we cannot fall for the, mm -hmm. you have to be perfect or it's got to be authoritarianism. The answer is we love this country. We love our families and friends. We're disappointed by the fact that the, the things that need to get done to save the planet, the things that need to get done to stop the dangerous people who are hurting our kids and hurting the planet, all that stuff that we all want to have a voice. This is what the beauty and the mess of democracy is about. And this, and what was what happened to us. And I firmly believe it. And I've believed it ever since 
um, you know, December of 2016, is that the interference that we know happened, uh, interfering in the election between Russia doing that and Jim Comey announcing that they were reopening uh, the investigation into Hillary uh, Clinton's emails. Those two things were enough to get people either not to vote or to not vote for Hillary. That's why she ends up losing by, what was it, 77,000 yeah. votes That's across right. three states. And this is what happened. And Trump is, inc- Trump. Donald is incredibly compromised. There's something worse than a P tape. This guy is not, he's more than a useful idiot. We know they were going to build a Trump tower in Moscow. We know the whole, everything we know that the press completely ignored because Bill Barr spun the mother report, right? We know. And what Putin has wanted and why he wanted Trump is he wanted Trump to get the or U.S. Donald. out of yep. NATO so that therefore the U.S. wouldn't be involved when he what? Why do we keep losing, Jen? Like, I don't know. The, she was the most important moments in what she's saying. I know. Not that they're not all important, but like these crucially pivotal points wow. in her. It's probably the, it's probably the FBI, maybe. <laughs> Right. There you are. You're back. Keep going. You're on a roll. Keep going. NATO. But the end of the sentence, sorry, about the world. So this whole thing, this battle between authoritarianism and democracy, the Republicans are on the side of authoritarianism. We need to save our democracy from within. The war, the war that's happening in the U.S. is this cold civil war. And now we're ending in another cold external war. And I'm just hoping that we can we can unify for democracy, but I'm not so hopeful when you have these nut these these you know ignorant, angry, dangerous nuts who are rising up in the Republican Party to copy your uncle. Right, and listen, I and that, I, I want to get to what is going to be the last thing we talk about, but this is a perfect segue because um, I do not believe that this Republican Party will join us because they only care about power. They, they, they will do whatever they can to um, undermine President Biden. So the Democrats are really weak going into the, the midterms and going into 2024, which, uh, so, you know, so let's leave aside for a second the fact that the Democrats de- don't seem yet to understand the threats facing us. And let's talk about what, what really could make a difference. And I mean, I think all of us have been saying some version of this for quite some time now, and that would be accountability. So the January 6th committee, Ooh. Uh, even though it's taking longer than a lot of us would like, but as uh, the saying goes, if you go at the king, you best not miss. Um, and you think about how complex uh, this investigation is, they do seem to be getting a lot done. And once this stuff is televised, that's fabulous. However, there can be plenty of people saying it's partisan. You know, the only Republicans are Cheney and Kinziger, and they're traitors to the Republican Party. So therefore, Merrick Garland, um, what say you? <laughs> and I think, uh, Jen, there seems to have been a, a change in people's uh, attitudes towards what may or may not be going on at the DOJ um, based on uh, some statements Garland made. Do you think that there's reason for us to hope <laughs> that, uh, you know, despite the total lack of evidence uh, that the DOJ is really um, starting investigations or has started investigations into the people who betrayed our country? 
Yeah, I think they've started investigations. But depending on the day of the week, ask me whether I think anything is going to come of it. Oh, okay. What about today? She said. <laughs> <It's frightening. laughs> Earlier today. Wait, uh, when did I? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, you know, I believed, you know, I think I have somewhere I'm looking across my room and I think I still have a Mueller votive candle. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm not, I'm not, listen, I don't have a Merrick Garland candle. Let me just tell you that. Um, yeah. Look, look how well the, the Robert. Yeah. The Mueller one. (laughs) But so Marissa being, you know, you, Eugene and I are, are lay people, uh, Jen is um, a, a a law professor, uh, so you know we don't know anything. We're impatient because we don't we don't care <laughs> about you know crossing yeah, the like eyes it. and dotting the t's or well, all the way around crossing. Let me just say, let me not be so cynical. If you want to know what can be done, Barb McQuaid's uh, model memo, prosecution memo that was on just security, goes through. Mm-hmm. In particular, two potential theories. One is um, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Oh, shoot. My <laughs> conspiracy to defraud the United States, 18 U.S.C. 371, as well as. Um... Oh, I'm telling you, it's the FBI. It must be. Pun. Oh, well, you know what? It's probably the DOJ. Actually, it's probably the DOJ. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, um, she froze again. So, Marissa. Um, yeah, being uh, a, another a fellow layperson. <laughs> it's not the FBI. It's my it's my family. It's my it, it, it's my family. Are they streaming? Using the internet. Well, I think it's plenty of bandwidth, and I keep telling of, them. No. And I'm saying this as somebody who lives in New York City. It's because you live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fine, but the, the 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 these two things that she analyzes, you know, and whether Trump um, could be charged with them, I think Bard makes a persuasive yeah. argument. It all comes down to mm-hmm. guts. Yeah. I think there's enough. Yeah. It's guts. It's, it's, you know, are yeah. you going to be chicken That's shit it. or That's are you going to be Zelensky? That's, That's the right. question. And that that is the problem, right, Marissa? That that by um, pulling his punches because he doesn't want to seem partisan, it's very partisan. possible that Garland is going to do one of the most partisan things in American history, which will end this country. Uh, so what... I, part of it, too, though, is don't you think we have a right to know one way or the other? I, I absolutely I do as a lay person. Right. Um, I think we have a right to know. I think some of the things that um, Merrick Garland said this week gives I mean, I'm one of those, you know, I'm looked for every you know clue or tea leaf because I am a lay person and think, what is he saying? Did he twitch his eyebrow a little bit to the left? Does that mean he's leaning with the Democrats? Um, or, but I'm very worried that he's going to come to the conclusion that this he whatever he could do would be too partisan. But it's not partisan. And I, I aren't there enough smart people there who can who are on the debate team in college? Who can, I mean, these are all lawyers in there. Their job is debate and yeah. be able to have a persuasive argument, right? And yeah, it's I, yeah. utterly persuasive to me to argue that. This isn't about a, this is not a partisan issue. This is an issue about right and wrong and protecting democracy. Well, I, I think any anybody paying attention would know that it's not a partisan issue. However, you know, if he's worried about what people are going to think, then I think, you know, we're in we're in serious trouble. 
anyway. And I do worry that he's sort of surrounded himself with his own cronies um, who I don't know that he's actually allowing people who would challenge him uh, access or whatever. But uh, Eugene, as somebody, uh, one of the very few people on this planet who (laughs) is doing everything in your power uh, to hold Donald accountable at considerable risk to you and um, in ways that I'm sure have made your life difficult in a way you it didn't need to be if he'd ever been held accountable before. Um, what, what do you think, Merrick Garland aside, the DOJ aside, um, the terrible news coming out of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office aside, what do you think, if anything, will be the one thing to force the issue um, to hold him account, even if it's not to the degree we want him to be? I'm talking about I Donald, obviously. I think Merrick Garland's going to surprise people. Okay. I think Merrick Garland is going to prosecute. I just have that feeling because he's a smart. I'm staying optimistic. I believe he will do it. I believe he will do it. That's and the J6 committee is really rampant. I mean, yeah. they're going to town. They're going to town. They're beating the band. I think Merrick Garland, uh, weakling though he is, will do the right thing. I do. It reminds me of Linus. Yeah, he's a oh, good man. Yeah. We think he's a good man. He, if you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. he's pulled. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like he's a good he man at all. You. In fact, that's exactly yeah. the first reason. Okay. That's the okay. first he's reason. The fact that this man thought it was worth. I know. You, I know. American taxpayers' time and oh, his his agency's resources to defend that alleged rapist uh-huh. and criminal oh. Donald Trump. Yeah. Against, I'm sorry. I, I, was he's a not a good man. Look, but I think he's going to do the right thing now. I think he's going to do it because he just cannot live with his historic record if he doesn't do it. He won't be able to uh, live in history as he wants. Well, unless he's like Bill Barr, who famously uh, said, I don't care about history, I'll be dead. Well, not Isn't no. that the worst? It's the worst. <laughs> and now he's getting like primetime coverage for his stupid book. Oh, so he can start his rehabilitation tour. That. That's what he was doing. Was Which anyway, again, think- though, it's like somebody said this earlier um, about the Savannah Guthrie interview and, and all of the interviews. The only reason to have somebody like Bill Barr on or right. Don't have I don't know, any of those people yeah. is to push back. Yes. Not to give them free reign yes. to keep lying. And and that's where we keep getting ourselves into trouble. And so, we hope that Garland is surrounded with a few dudes, because we know there are no women around him, a few dudes who will push back. Well, there. I mean, luckily, there. Are, in fairness, uh, the Civil Rights Division has been doing a pretty decent job yeah. of, you know, Right, Jen? I mean, they they it was torpedoed. Yes, but you know, like even Lisa Monaco, but she yeah. was selected by yeah. the president, right? He didn't yeah, select good point. those folks. I feel um, good about it. I think it's going to happen. Okay. Well, maybe we should place a bet. When? When, Eugene? <laughs> I think it's going to happen this spring. 
I have this feeling. Yeah. No way. Yeah, Mary. I'm 2023 thinking. at the earliest. EG, and I'm going to get an EG vote. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, really? I, I've been telling the gay guy candle company that they, we need an EG candle so we can burn oh, it. Okay, what is it going to smell? It's going to smell like a pellet stove? What's it going to smell like? <laughs> <laughs> smell like my this is good mary mary please can i just say one more time we need you on daily and we need okay. you on daily all right i don't have life so I, yeah. that could happen i have i have the time you, um, have you have a fascinating life you play the guitar and i don't know what all and you bake and you got birds and you got the cat she cannot go on daily until we go on okay. our little. Oh, that's, oh, that sounds like something to work towards. Okay, so I want to wrap up um, because otherwise we'll be here forever. Because I'm selfish that way. Uh, but you guys do have lives to get back to. Um, so uh, you know, <laughs> we, we're in this. Uh, What's a life? I have not like done anything. And do what do you mean you're teaching life? lawsuits? You're, you're making the future of America safe by training <laughs> young lawyers who yeah. want to argue for us. We need good lawyers. That's for oh, boy. damn sure. Um, so it, dark, dark times, I think that sort of goes to that saying. So just really quickly, I, I'd like for each of you um, to... Sing? Just, do you want us, each of us to sing? Oh, I yeah. wasn't going to say that, but please do. We can't sing without Katie Fang because she was Good in point. her acapella group at Yale. And That's we true. Need her to okay, lead so us. next time. Next time when we She's have She's the one our... with the pitch pipe. She carries the pitch oh, pipe. With That's right. With I love it. So next time Katie's oh on with us. Or she does. Sing. Um, maybe. Uh, so what I was going to say, though, is if you could each just tell me something, please, <laughs> that gives you hope. <laughs> These days, because, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I've said this, been saying this for a really long time, probably since 2017. It's a very difficult time to be a human being with empathy. Um, you know, even if we're not in the trenches, literal uh, or figurative, even if, you know, we're, um, we are able to ride out the storm more easily than other people, um, just seeing everything that's going on and seeing how badly people are affected and seeing how people are being taken advantage of and obviously uh, what's happened with COVID and what's going on in Ukraine. Um, so it is, I, I think it's really important to remind ourselves, uh, even if, you know, it's hard. Um, what gives us hope? E. Jean, what keeps you hopeful these days? Uh, 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 well. <laughs> And I know it's the fact that I'm going to run for the Republican. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. But you know what? It's the little joys of day-to-day -day life. It's the little joys. You know, when you, you see your dog catch a ball, you hear the bird in the tree. It's that moment. And you take that moment and you tell yourself, look at that. That is, this is what living is about. And then mm -hmm. you move on. That's it. It's the tiny, tiny things i saw a cardinal today you know mm. out my window my I favorite backyard bird. that what it's my favorite bird they're, they're backyard. The sorry uh, sebastian so i said to myself look at that there yeah. this is what life is so and then i looked at it and so i had that moment yeah. you know and now i'm listening to your show i'm getting all depressed no 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 You're, this is 
But you have to keep reminding people like me because I would go on in a glaze, of, you know. Well, yeah. Marissa, before I ask you, I just wanted to say really quickly, uh, and I, I, I try to remind people of this. I, I, my goal is not at all to demoralize people. But we need to arm ourselves with with facts, yes. and 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 yeah. we need to know what we're facing, right. because otherwise we'll get caught unawares and be at even more of a disadvantage than we already are. So this is not none of this is about making us depressed yeah. or feel helpless. It's about saying, okay, this is where we are, and let's figure out what to do. You are, uh, and let's do that together. Because again, and we can never forget this. There are so many more of us than there are of them. They're louder. They're meaner. They're cruel. But we've got strength in numbers, and uh, we need to act like it, basically. So anyway, Marissa, what gives you hope? Uh, one of the things that gives me tremendous amount of hope, and this is almost a singing moment because I, I could quote Whitney Houston here, but oh. truly, um, the um, I look at I have a college age and high school children, um, and I see them and how their friends react to what's going on in the world. And it's, I mean, aside from, I mean, on the one hand, they're absolutely crushed and terrified about what's going on in the world. But on the other hand, their approach to issues like, and not just in my little weird liberal bubble, and I do live in a weird little liberal bubble, but approach to um, gender, immigration, colonialism, right. uh, capitalism. And it's, I don't just believe it's because they're at that, you know, young stage where you're like, everything is, you know, a dream for me and I'm going to make fantastic things happen. No, mm. it, these people, these kids have such strong belief systems already. It's something yeah. I, I just, I was not like this and I am so impressed at, their approach uh, to uh, life. It is absolutely 180 degrees different than the old white man in suits in the Senate. Right. And it is the incredible amount of hope. Yeah. And, and it is in the, it's not, you're right. It's not that knee jerk. I'm young. I'm a mortal thing. It's in the context yeah. of horrors that have been inflicted upon them by older right. generations. Right. And, um, so you do believe that children are the future. And I think I do. <laughs> and if, if you gave Jen and I a moment, because we've we've sung Cats the musical together. So oh, I'm sure we oh. can do some hits from Whitney Houston. Oh. Remember, Jen? Remember Moving the on. days, memories. <laughs> Have we met? I I recognize the other two of you, but this other person, I am not so sure. I was never on Anyway, uh, let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh Jen. <laughs> What gives you hope? Um, you know, both my my kids, but I want to talk about them again in this podcast, but mm -hmm. also the kids I teach. Um, I'm, you know, th this semester I was blown away by my students. Um, and in particular, a class, I a new class I am doing a seminar called Money, Law and mm -hmm. Power. And it's not your typical learn the law, learn what a statute says and what, how it's been interpreted by the courts. This is more of a perspectives course, giving context for the law. And the two books we've read so far, one, the first was Mirsa Baradarin's um, The Color of Money about black banking over the years. And the second book that we've read um, is uh, The Whiteness of Wealth by Dorothy Brown. And 
not only are they doing the reading, but they're able to extract the key points, the interesting, surprising facts, and and what it, the next things they want to know. They're able to critique the arguments. You know, they they know all about reconstruction. They know there's they they can put these things together um, in ways that. I'm surprised, um, you know, you know, looking at all, all ranges of theory, have debates with each other um, with respect. I mean, I'm just um, astonished um, and, and so happy with this group of students. Amit, I just want to sh- do a shout out to my students, too, because it really, truly, something has happened. There's like they've emerged out of this kind of COVID, like raring to go. Um, yeah, it's it, quite impressive. It's- it is so impressive, and uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to my my daughter as well, uh, who has blown me away with her resilience and all of all of that generation, really, um, especially given the hand they've been dealt. Uh, so, you guys give me hope. Um, I so appreciate your friendship. I so appreciate your willingness to be here. Um, so, everybody. Gentile author of the indispensable big dirty money Love and who's has a new book on the horizon, which Jen is called. Well, that's the old one. Oh, no, but that, oh old book. It's, um, new book is uh, the working title is taxation nation lessons from right. And, and the best so thing about that book so far is that it's going to uh, get us to grand Cayman. <laughs> so we're just so, just kidding. That is top I'm secret kidding. secrecy totally jurisdiction. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, e. Jean Carroll, proprietor of the phenomenal newsletter, Ask E.G. Guys, check it out on Substack. It is Thank you. one of my favorite things. Marissa Rothkopf, the... Me too. <laughs> you interrupted my... I was on a roll. <laughs> Marissa Rothkopf. <laughs> Of these, uh, not just the podcast, but also the Substack, The Secret Life of Cookies. Check out both uh, versus a master baker. But honestly, her podcast is one of the, it's a sleeper. It is not just about baking. It is literally like showing up at a friend's house, ending up in the kitchen and talking about all the important stuff that's going on in the world. So check out all of that stuff. My friends, thank you so much. Thank for you. Everything you help keep me sane. Thank you. To the degree that that's possible. Uh, no, I, I don't do not blame us. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Bye, Mary. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight for the very first live show of, of the Mary Trump Show. Uh, please subscribe to the Politicon YouTube channel. Uh, Like us, follow us, and click on that bell so that way you're going to be sure to get alerted anytime a new show is coming up. And you could also follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, except, of course, for Spotify. And give us a five-star rating because it really helps other people find the show. Um, Thank you so much to my guests, Jen Taub, E. Jean Carroll, Marissa Rothkopf, and to our friends, Joyce Vance and Katie Fang, who are with us in spirit. Hopefully they'll be able to join us next time we get this incredible group together. Um, and again, thank all of you. I can't wait to see you here again next Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time. In the meantime, have a great week and stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>